0: Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode 29, I'm joined by Ria Smart. She's the youngest person I've had on the podcast so far. And oh my, is she wise. Rhea's reflecting on the power of words. And a lot of that is looking back at her time when she believes she was indoctrinated within the religion that, that she was raised in, which she's no longer a part of. I know that this was took a lot of vulnerability and a lot of bravery to speak as openly as she did about her religion and what was fascinating as well was that she asked almost for my permission to speak about it was I okay with her speaking about her religion on my podcast and as i said to her and As I say to anybody listening or anybody that wants to come on my podcast, it is not for me creating this space to decide what it is that women know for sure. It's for women to tell me what they know for sure. And my intention is that they come from a place of trust and compassion and deep knowing when they share that information. So this podcast does say quite a lot about Jehovah's Witnesses. So if that's something that you don't think you'll enjoy, maybe turn off. But such wisdom, such strength, and I really do think that what Ria displays here is that let's watch her for the future. She is a poet and she reads some of her own poetry. Again, Ria was going to read somebody else's poetry because of the power of words, and I really had to urge her to read her own poetry, which she does, and she does so beautifully. I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Ria, thank you so much for joining me on What Do You Know For Sure podcast today. Tell us, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Great. Didn't wake up too long ago, so...
0: <laughs> nice. Um, so tell us a wee bit about you.
1: Uh, okay, so my name's Ria and I'm 21, from Glasgow, Um I'm a poet, uh, although recently I'm getting a bit more into music because I think poetry can be a bit like, ooh, I'm very tragic and you know, everything like that, so... Um, yeah, I write a lot of poetry and uh, yeah, that's that's how I identify with myself right now. So
0: Fantastic. And I'll thank you for getting in touch with me on social media to, oh, to say that you wanted to come on the podcast. I really appreciate that, although we do have a, a mutual friend. So Ria, tell me what do you know for sure? Um
1: basically how powerful words are and how the right words can make life so much more bearable and a lot richer and more fulfilling. So mm-hmm. yeah, the power of words. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And how has that shown up in your life?
1: Um. Okay, I'm trying to think where to start. Um, so I think it showed up in quite a negative light, first of all, which was in, in the religion I was brought up in as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I noticed when I left that religion and sort of everything kind of crumbled around me, I realised that words were so powerful in how you see things. So even if sort of in myself... I knew that some things weren't right. If I didn't have the language to convey that they weren't right, or didn't Mm. have the language to convey that it was hurting me, I I didn't have the power. Um, So I think after I realised that, and I read, and I kind of took in everything I could, I was like, oh my god, the power is in the language. It doesn't, you know, you need some sort of aid and help to express yourself. You can't just do it on your own. Um, And I think because for a while I had. You know, I thought I knew a lot of things, but the only words, the words that were coming out of my mouth was basically the words that I was taught as a witness, or from the Bible. Mm -hmm. So now it's quite cool to have that, like, elastic sort of mind where I can just take in all the words and then choose what I want rather than, like, just spouting words from the past. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) And do you
0: think that that has been formative in why you are now a poet then?
1: I think so. Um, Yeah, I think so, because I didn't like poetry in school. I actually hated it. I thought it was really, like, cringy and just like pretentious and stuff but i think it will as well it depends what poetry you like like i sort of like a lot of rap i would consider that to be poetic as well and um yeah i think because in the i felt so silent like very very kind of squashed um so now i'm just like i'll speak all i can and just to be able to speak and just say whatever is you know in the deepest depths of me is a really refreshing thing to do Mm -hmm. so yeah i would say that's it's totally
0: right what you said. Do you, and I know you've yeah. referred to the fact that you're no longer a Jehovah's Witness and that that crumbled round about you. Do you contemplate that it was those foundations, or I ask, I suppose, was it those foundations that enabled you to recognise the power of words, though?
1: Probably, were words actually, important
0: yeah. within that religion?
1: Very, yeah. They were everything, basically, because I think like, to be indoctrinated or to kind of be taught in a certain way, it's constantly, talking about it like we had to keep rehashing the same scriptures or the same teachings and I remember sort of if I didn't hear the religious leaders sort of say things I would go off and kind of be a bit rebellious and I'd follow my instincts a bit more but I would always be pulled back with the words and with the language mm-hmm. Um, because it was sort of like symbols and ways of seeing things and I think that's why yeah, the words are so powerful because they can make you literally see things that aren't even real you know it's, they can sort of relate things and I don't know it's very mm-hmm. fascinating But mm-hmm.
0: um, Indoctrinated yeah, is I, a big word isn't it it's, it's got big connotations what does that really and, speak to that what does indoctrinated mean for you um, I think it just means
1: <sighs> manipulated is also a big word and I don't want to be very like sort of victim victimising or anything but I don't like when people say brainwashing because I think you're not brainwashed when you're put into some religion or some like um, narrative and whatever. I think it's more like you're you see things a certain way and then they'll pick on that and sort of say, okay, well, your experience, I'm going to relate it to this and everything can be brought back to that religion. And I think it's that's the power of words as well. It's like they have these teachings and then anything that you experience is relating back to that even sort of, even if the religion isn't working for you or you're hurt by it, they can always, there's always an answer. That's what I think really shocked me about, that's what I'd say indoctrination is, like there's always a sort of way to put you down or to put down what you're feeling. I think that maybe it would be called gaslighting as well. Like, you know, when someone always has an answer to everything Mm -hmm. and there's always like a, there's like this big book and there's this big setup to answer all of your doubts and your challenges. And I think that's the power of words as well. Just because someone's talking, it doesn't mean that they're really saying something that you have to respect or Mm. that you have to, believe whereas for a long time when I was younger I thought, oh, like they have an explanation to all my questions, therefore they have an answer. But looking back, I'm like, oh, that was only an explanation. It wasn't a direct answer to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So I would say like, oh, why why does God sort of allow suffering to happen or something like that? And then they would just go on a tangent and talk about loads of other things in the Bible and there'd be a very they relate it loosely to my question, but there's no sort of directness. Yeah. Um And I think that's what I like about poetry as well. It's just saying it how it is. There's no, like, waffle. There's just very much, like, this is the core, what I feel and think in this moment. And it's just calling it, like, the... I don't know if I can swear on this, but... You can. You're okay. (laughs) No shit. So, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. no, indoctrination is quite a big word. I think it's just... I I would say that's what it is, though, because a lot of young people are sort of brought up in that and they don't have critical thinking faculties at that point. So, say it's indoctrination.
0: Yeah, and so what does... Because you're still very young, obviously, yeah. You? So oh. the future is one, I'm, I'm assuming, without religion for you. Yeah, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. i say so.
0: And what does free thinking, I suppose, would be the best way I could encapsulate what you've said. What does a free thinking future look like for you then?
1: Um, I'd just say taking as much knowledge as possible and um, never thinking that I know something for sure, because... That is obviously some things we know for sure. I know that's the whole like idea of this podcast as well. But in the religion, it was very much absolutism. And then when I left it, I was really anxious for quite a long time. I think because I needed everything to be absolute, and I needed mm-hmm. the answers, and needed like this black and white picture. And then even though I'm not, I'm still really young. I think it's slowly, slowly, I'm sort of being okay with like the ambiguity and the random weird stuff that's just not going to make sense, and just sort of letting that happen. And I'd say that maybe is free thinking as well because you're opening yourself up to be aware of things rather than like okay I'm going to find this answer you know mm-hmm. just sort of letting it be and free so and stuff like that um and yet a lot I think the future is just a lot more words <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean just kind of finding ways to convey things and finding ways to like I don't know um Wordsworth said something like pour the breathings of your heart onto paper mm-hmm. I think I just want to do that as well like just this complete blah pour mm-hmm. it all out <laughs>
0: and what does your poetry mean to you now then
1: Oh, everything I'd say, like, it's... Because I think other things I've tried to do with my life bring a lot of, like, um, self-doubt, whereas writing is the only thing where I'm like, oh, I actually don't feel that insecure about it because it means something to me. You know, even if everyone didn't like my poetry, I think I'd be all right with that in the sense of, like, well, it explains quite well what I felt yesterday or it describes this thing that helped me. So there's quite a lot of self-assurance I've got in it and um, I think it's... Yeah, what was your question again? What poetry means to me? I think I answered it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh uh-huh. And do you want to share any of your poetry? I know you were keen to do that too.
1: Oh, my poetry? I was going to share some lines I like of other people's, but... It's entirely uh, up to you. It's
0: entirely up to you, Ria.
1: This one's called Appreciations. So it's basically a list of things I'm really grateful for. um, Because in the religion as well, there was a lot of, um, like, oh, the world is a scary place. It's a bad place. And even though it definitely is, I think to see it just in that blank way you can hide, you know, you don't see a lot of beauty in it. So this yeah. is like my attempt to try and find beauty. Um, I won't read it all. I'll just read the last, maybe like, uh, last few bits. So, um,
0: you can read I it said, all if you um, want to, Ria. It's up
1: to you. Are you sure?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, my God. No, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I said, I'm grateful for medicine, live gigs, that there's always some sort of reassurance and help nearer than I think. I'm grateful for how music sings with a power louder than my ramblings and for how it shares our hidden tone and lovelies it. I'm grateful for trees sighing in the wind, for girls with mullets, and for the liberation and wisdom, and that we can have so much if only we ask for it. I'm grateful that what should change is now an exciting possibility, not a burden to crush me. I'm grateful for dots and strawberries and for good movies and for my grand's wee ways and my grandpa's stories. I'm grateful to be older now and not tired today. And that I don't have to get up at 6 a.m. every day. I'm tired. I'm grateful for how art reflects our beauty and keeps alive what would be lost forever gone to us. I'm grateful for when someone can't speak because they're laughing so much. I'm grateful for my dad's hugs and to feel real love and that very little is close to us. I'm grateful that our ancestors agreed on so much, so that now I can even so that now, even as strangers, we can talk with understanding and love. I'm grateful for how words bring out the unknown hearts and love stirring in us and I'm grateful that someone somewhere understands us. I'm grateful for English accents and Glaswegian crowds, for, glad- for cathedrals and that free thought is allowed. I'm thankful that there is room for reason in the trappings of my irrational feelings and I'm grateful for poetry to help with empty loneliness and that I don't have to frown at inconvenience. I'm grateful for fresh water and for the fact that change is always possible. I'm grateful for intimate talk with someone new, like Anne, (laughs) um, or any with you. I'm grateful that we are more than our impulsive notions and for tweed caps and waistcoats. I'm thankful that I can now sing in front of people without a tantrum and that I can confront truth without panic and for humour and for orgasms. I'm grateful for murmurations and birds gliding in perfect patterns, for the unseen edges of nature, for Dan's, his hearty laugh and the city's softly lit architecture. I'm thankful that I can be like those I admire and that we can grow past current comprehension and for taking socks off in bed. I'm thankful that eternity is felt in a deep breath and for her eyes and that boredom is a lying sense for there's so much left to try, invent and learn. I'm grateful for when the toilet door randomly opens on a ScotRail train. (laughs) I'm thankful that the blue night sky always comes to give me a break and to silhouette the city. I'm grateful for old otherworldly memories, for all food, time, tea and charities, and that I can be witness to the greatness of history. I'm grateful that there's always an explanation more redeemable than my sickly imagination. I'm grateful for intense concentration, for thick paper, strange faces, warmth and safety. I'm thankful to know that a personal challenge isn't proof of my deficiency, and I'm thankful just to be alive and to be free
0: thank it. you thank <laughs> Sorry, you so, it was so much. long
1: i didn't realize it was that
0: long it was perfect thank you so much for nice. for sharing that with us ria and therefore i'm going to ask what role does gratitude play in your life because it's clearly <laughs> a very big one where does that come from
1: um probably from being like cynical for quite a long time because as i said like i don't want to blame. I, I feel like i'm blaming everything on the religion but i was very like um, probably my anxiety as well made me always want to see the like bad and everything, like just to try and protect myself. You know, that sort of like, OK, I'm going to see where everything could go wrong and where I'm a failure and try to notice all the bad just as a sort of protective mechanism, I think. But recently I've been sort of getting into that whole like manifestation thing and like, OK, try to see what you want to see instead of what there could be. And I think maybe that comes with time as well, like Nella, who you had on the podcast before She would see me like anxiously rambling and just be like really catastrophizing my thoughts. And she just said, like, listen, you're going to learn in time that all this stuff isn't like all the bad things you think could happen probably won't. You know, as she said, she's been through a war. So she's like, even if the worst thing happens to you, you can still get past it. And I think loads of little things like that has helped me to see that, you know, the the shit is always going to be there. Like, and especially if you always worry about what could happen you're never going to escape suffering because you're always going to think about the bad things that could happen so um I think as a way of getting away from that thinking I'm just trying to see what I've got and every time I do that like a sort of gratitude exercise I'm like oh fuck, wow you had this the whole time you know you should have just been really grateful for it and not tried to look outwards because we all like you know we're able to talk and be alive and I don't know, that should be enough like sometimes I think
0: Thank you so much, Ria, for sharing your enthusiasm and your wisdom and your poetry. Thank you so much for listening,
1: actually. Yeah, it meant
0: a lot. Oh, thank you so much. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite.